0: I'm so glad that you joined us this morning. If you're joining us online, welcome. We hope that you feel the Lord's presence at home as much as we feel the Lord's presence here. It is really good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Uh, There's something about worshiping together that that just brings us together as one body. Um, Throughout this week, we've been enjoying a, a week of prayer and there's just something that's happened this week each night as we've gathered where there's a progressive deepening in our connection, a deepening in our connection with God, a deepening in our connection with each other, and and honestly, a deeper connection with ourselves. Sometimes we can miss connection. We can miss connection of what's really going on in our own hearts. We can miss connection of what's going on in God's heart, and, and there's definitely disconnection in our relationships with other people. But throughout this week, as we have um, surrendered aspects of our lives, as, as we have sought the Lord, as we have shared our hearts, as we have discerned the Lord's voice for this year as a church, and, and on Friday night, just uh, John Swan leading us through a liturgical service of, of really prayer and repentance. It was just so good to be in the house of the Lord this week. So, thank you. I think we've had 250 people or so come out this week so far, and, and tonight's a night of worship, and um, just to, to end a wonderful week. But I really have sensed that there's become this deeper intimacy this week. And what's amazing about that is, is that's kind of the sermon. So, um, our sermon this morning is called Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, How, how's your connection? How's your connection? Have you ever been without Wi-Fi? Have you ever seen that, um, so on, on MacBooks, they have like a dinosaur that pops up when you can't actually get onto the internet. And you can actually, if you click the space bar with that dinosaur, you can play a game. And the, and the dinosaur just kind of jumps over little objects. And it's a, it's a game to play while you're waiting for a connection. Um, it's quite fun. Um, I'm terrible at it, but it's fun. Um, but if you don't have connection, If you don't have connection, you can't access all that there is. You see, right now in this room, you could send a message anywhere in the world. From your phone, you can make a video call to someone in Africa, Asia, South America, Europe. And isn't it amazing that we can have access to so much, yet without connection, miss it? The access is always there, but if we're not connected, we won't be able to receive it. And I believe the same is our relationship with God. You see, without connection with God, it's not that he's not accessible, it's not that his revelation isn't there, it's not that his presence isn't there, it's not that his knowledge isn't there, it's not that his truth isn't there, it's not that he doesn't have promises over your life right there, it's often our connection that we miss it. Our main point this morning is that intimacy with God is the key to increase, and maintaining a strong connection will always lead to results. I want to give you a few signs that we might lack connection to God. Here's a few signs that we might lack connection to God. Our spiritual life is more formula than faith. We might go through the motions, but we don't actually experience God. We might on the outside outwardly express ourselves, but really inside there is no inward experience. That's a sign of a lack of connection. When we lack connection with God, we rely on performance instead of relationship. I remember a couple years ago, I shared a message with the worship team and it was actually called Wi-Fi and it was a little different from this message, but I was really encouraging them as a worship team that it's not just about performing. We're not here to entertain. We're here to experience God's presence. We're here to lead people into God's presence. We're here to experience God's presence because if if we don't experience God's presence, you might have been entertained this morning, but you'll have no encounter. There's no power in a performance except that it looks good and sounds good and feels good. But when we experience God's presence and we're connected to God, then a worship time together... A sermon, a time of prayer can be transformative. Our lives can be transformed. Worship without connection is like a computer with no internet. You'll appear to have it all together, but the screen's blank. But you see, worship with connection is like a computer with the internet. Power is activated, and you begin surfing the Revelation Highway. I mean, how many of you want to surf the Revelation Highway? Because God has new revelation to show you, to unveil. There'll be a lot of weird one-liners in this message. You just got to go with it. If you don't know me, I apologize in advance. It'll become endearing in a couple of years, don't worry. <laughs> Those laughing have been here for a few years. My point is this, is that we are actually spiritually wired for spiritual connection. We are created to connect. Did you know that the... Um, Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit dwells within you. So because God the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you are already wired for connection. I found out that on, on Monday, this coming Monday, there's, um, there's something called Blue Monday. Has anybody ever heard of Blue Monday? It's a seasonal affective disorder that apparently on Monday we we wake up and things look a little bit darker than usual. People are a little more depressed than usual. People are a little more down than usual. And they say that you should get kind of natural light um, into your system and things like that. Can I just uh, say today that tomorrow is not gonna be a Blue Monday for us? Can I just say that tomorrow that we are all going to, you didn't listen because there's gonna be work to this. Tomorrow, we're gonna wake up with a plan to have a day in the presence of God. I want you to wake up tomorrow and I want you to spend time with Jesus. I want you to go for a walk. I want you to have coffee with a good friend. Go out for lunch. Get outside. Spend time with people that you care about. Let's turn this Blue Monday into a a good Monday. I mean, I just couldn't believe it, because it was like, you know, I was looking for the weather this week. And I'm looking for the weather, and I'm like, I wonder what the weather's like on Monday, because as a farmer, it's kind of like, weather is like, what kind of week am I gonna have? And so, sorry, I I said farmer. I meant farmer's husband. (laughs) I'm sorry, honey. I took too much credit there, I apologize. Um... So I looked up the weather and they said, "Um, tomorrow will basically be the worst Monday of your life. I'm like, I thought you were telling me what the precipitation was going to be. Now you're trying to tell me what my inner world's going to be? No. (laughs) No, world. See, without connection, without intimacy with God, I can just be pulled back and forth. Wi Fi, our first point this morning is with intimacy, faith increases. With intimacy, faith increases. We're told clearly how to measure faith in the Bible. We're told clearly the effects of faith in the Bible. But we aren't told clearly how to get faith. Would you like to know how to get faith? We're told the effects of faith, well, there's healing, there's salvation, there's deliverance, there's creative miracles, and faith is easily measured by what we do. It's defined, but we're not told how to get it. Is it something I stir up within myself? Is it something that God gives to me? It can be both. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 says this, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. There's a definition. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And so faith is a confidence. Faith is an assurance. But it's not just that. The problem here is how do I know what I'm hoping for? How do I know what I'm desiring? How do I know what I'm assured of is good for me? How do I know that what I'm hoping for isn't just my own desires? I'll give you an example. I grew up in New York and I grew up in a home where my mom didn't really love cats. She really didn't like cats But my neighbor's cat would come over And pee in her flowers Her flower bed became a litter box For this neighbor's cat And I remember countless times My mom would want this cat to die (laughs) I'm sorry mom I just had to call it out I know you're 5,000 kilometers away It'll take you a while to get here But I had to call it out And there's a perfect example of sometimes what we hope for isn't God's plan. Because that would make the neighbor very sad, because the neighbor loves their cat. But sometimes we hope for things. I use an outrageous example because sometimes we hope for things, and it's just our own hope, it's just our own desire. And if we hope and hope and hope in things that only we desire, that God doesn't desire for us, we get discouraged, we'd get disappointed, we think that, um, you know, God's not there or something, but the problem with hoping and desiring without connection is that our hope and our desire is disconnected from God's hope and desire. And we shouldn't just put our faith in our own hopes and our own desires, Our faith needs to flow from intimacy. Our faith and our hope needs to flow from connection with God, as we talked about last week, so that what's on God's heart will be on my heart. And when I pray from the heart and I'm seeking God's heart, I begin to hope and pray for what God desires in my life. Then my faith in what I hope for and I'm assured of is God's desire for my life. So with intimacy, faith increases. We have an example of this in the Bible with Abraham. James chapter 2, verse 23. It says, Abraham believed God. Abraham had faith. Abraham was called the father of faith. He believed God. In other words, he believed what God said. And it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Abraham believed God, and he was called God's friend. Abraham had faith, and he was called God's friend. I believe that Abraham's friendship with God, his connection to God, his intimacy with God is what led to great faith. Do you want to be a friend of God? Can you imagine? The Bible tells us that we are friends. (laughs) We are not servants, we're friends. But I want to feel it. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. See, James didn't just quote this from himself. He was actually quoting Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah wrote this about Abraham. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. God is speaking through his prophet Isaiah to the nation of Israel. And he says, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. Not only does James call Abraham God's friend, but God calls Abraham his friend. The word for friend here is actually love. God is saying, Abraham is my friend. Abraham is my love. We read the stories of Abraham. We read the story of Abraham and Isaac, and we wonder, how could a man take his son to sacrifice? Well, this would have to be pretty deep friendship, pretty intimate friendship with God, a pretty deep love bond with God to do something as insane as that. Whenever I think of Abraham and Isaac, I I think of my son Caleb who's sitting here. I owe you 20 bucks. And there's just no way. There's just no way I would do that. And so there's something within Abraham that is beyond. There's some connection with God that is beyond. There's some friendship that is beyond. There's a love that is beyond to to make a father take their son who happened to represent generations, who happened to represent the fulfillment of a promise that Abraham didn't see until he was 100 years old and he'd been longing for and wanting and wanting and longing his whole life for to sacrifice. It shows the friendship and the love that he had with God. So, Abraham displays that deepening connection with God, deepened intimacy with God, causes his faith to increase. But many times we're looking for faith in something. We're looking for faith in an outcome, faith in a result, faith in a diagnosis, faith in a grade on a test. The problem with always putting just faith in something is we don't realize it's faith in someone. Disconnected from relationship, we can hope for results without relationship. And God wants us to be in relationship so we know His heart, and so when we pray prayers of faith, they're what's on His heart. We put our faith in our relationship with God. Similar to, I put my faith in my relationship with my wife. My relationship with Sonia is is deep, and so we face battles together. We never fight battles in our home against one another. We were just talking about this last week. We don't fight battles against one another, we don't fight battles that are gonna disconnect our marriage. We've always come together to fight battles. We've faced a lot of things in our life, not more than any of you, but just a lot. I'm sure we've all faced a lot. And because of our intimacy, our faith in each other increases, our trust for one another increases if one of us makes a decision that we're not sure about, my faith and my trust will protect that relationship. In all of our relationships, intimacy increases, faith increases, trust increases. The more deeply I know you, the more I trust you. The deeper my connection with a friend, the more I'll have faith in them, right? It's the same with God. Secondly, with intimacy, not only does faith increase, but with intimacy, fruit increases. Fruit increases. Turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. This is the NIV. And Jesus is speaking about relationship and he's speaking about connection and he's speaking about intimacy in this passage. And he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. Fruit does not struggle to be produced. Fruit is a natural result of branches that are connected to a healthy vine. There is only one vine. Jesus is the only vine. There's only one gardener. God the Father is the gardener. That leaves the branches. The branches are you and I. You and I are the branches. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the gardener. I want to give you an example of this. I, I need one volunteer. This will be really short. You won't have to say anything. You just have to come up and, and be with me on stage. Anyone? Not everyone at once. Hold on. Yes. Come on up. That's Cecilia. Yes, come on up. Thank you. Okay, so you're gonna be Jesus. Okay. Yes. So you're Jesus, and I'm Joel. Um, Jesus represents the Son of God. All divine power flows through your life. All the fruit of the Spirit is in you. All the gifts of the Spirit are in you. So you are Jesus. Now, if I'm disconnected from Jesus, it's gonna be hard for me to have what flows through him. Sorry, it's Jesus. (laughs) I can't say her. We Won't go there. So... Um, so, but as you, as you reach out to me and I come into relationship with Jesus, now what flows in Jesus, what flows down from the Father through Jesus in Jesus because of his divine nature, that spiritual DNA, which is divine nature activated, I don't know if you knew that. I'm a doctor. Spiritual DNA that 's flowing through Jesus, the fruit of the spirit that 's flowing through Jesus, the gifts of the spirit that 's flowing through jesus if i 'm connected, guess what 's going to happen is that spiritual DNA is going to be transferred to me, and now the divine nature in Jesus has flowed into me, and his divine nature is activated through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the spirit is available, and the gifts of the Spirit are available, and evangelism is available, and I can be a light in a dark world because i 'm connected to the vine. And my prayer life can be sparked with fire of the Spirit. But if I disconnect, it's, it's simply impossible, because now the branch is disconnected from the vine, it's impossible to just randomly produce fruit. Thank you so much. Let's give her a round of applause. There's one thing I've never seen in an orchard and that's a branch that has broken off of the tree producing fruit. I think sometimes we, we make the fruit of the Holy Spirit self-effort Galatians talks, about, Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm always trying to be more loving. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more peaceful, etc. But sometimes I'm trying to do it in my own effort. And it becomes self-effort. And we can't produce the fruit of the Spirit disconnected from the vine. Equally, we cannot produce the gifts of the Spirit disconnected from the vine. Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is available to all those who are connected to the vine. This isn't special, I'm not going to read a list here of, of special gifts for people that go to school and, and get a theological degree and, and, and go away for their doctorate, and, or people that have been a Christian for 40 years, or, or people that are perfect, or people that come to church every Sunday, or any of that, or people that read the Bible every single day, or people that read through the Bible every single day. I'm not saying that, but this is the result of staying connected to Jesus, so I'm going to now read a list of what happens when you're connected to Jesus. And these things should be the most natural things showing up in our life when we're connected to the vine because these things flow naturally through Jesus. Here it is. Each one of the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, By means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines... Let me ask you, did all of these gifts flow through Jesus? So when I'm connected to the vine, they will flow through me. Whatever you are connected to will flow through you. Whether that's the books we read, the shows we watch, the social media that we're connected to, the pages we follow, the influencers we follow, the YouTubers making money off of playing Minecraft and other people are watching them play Minecraft and these people are making millions of dollars. Anyway, I digress. So, what you're connected to though, be careful what you're connected to, be careful what you feed, Be careful what's in your feed because what's in your feed will lead and the appetite you feed will lead and what you're connected to will be what you believe about yourself, the world, God, etc. Don't just connect to the internet. Be careful what you're connected to on the internet. Lastly, with intimacy, freedom increases. Freedom increases. Galatians 5 1. I love this verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, do not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that we've been set free. Further on in verse six, Paul goes on to write, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. He's referring to Jew and Gentile. Those that are born Jewish would have been the circumcised. Those that are born non-Jewish would have been the uncircumcised. And he says, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, it has no value. It doesn't mean it's not important. It just, it has no value when it comes to the things of the kingdom. In other words, it doesn't matter where you're born. The only thing that counts, when you see only in the Bible, circle only, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith expressing itself through, through love. Now, I want to talk about freedom in community for a moment. Even more specific, I want to talk about the freedom to be who God has created you to be in this community. There are far too few voices that speak to this community. God has created you uniquely. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what God is putting on your heart. This week, as we've journeyed through prayer, we've seen so many of you come out to prayer and be engaged in community. And as we've gone through the week and we've deepened, we've heard from you. We've heard your stories. We've heard your passions. We've heard what God is saying to you, what God's doing in your life. We've been challenged by you, we've been encouraged by you. God has created us to be a free community. A community known and described by freedom. To be free to who you are. We're not meant to come to church and leave our freedom at the door. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In in worship, we should be free to worship. Worship how you wanna worship. Worship. As long as it's somewhat orderly, not a complete distraction, worship freely, express yourself. It's more expression at a, at a football game than there is at church sometimes, you know? Express yourself, in prayer, be yourself, and, and begin to say, God, I wanna be myself in prayer. What would that look like? What would it look like, God, to bring my creative gifts to this church? Maybe you're a painter. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're a musician. What would it be? Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you like to write poetry. Is there someone here that likes to write poetry? Someone, poetry, poetry. Anyone else? Poetry. I haven't seen any poems. Come on. Any musicians here that don't serve on the worship team? Any musicians? Any musicians? Yeah? Amen, amen. Anyone else? <laughs> Keaton's taking notes. Yeah, in the back. Look at this. We just got three new people on the worship team. Sorry, Keaton. I hope, th- I hope they're awesome. No, but my... Kids, uh, teachers, anyone like teaching kids? Yeah. You know what I love too? You know what I love about what's happened is I I love seeing hands, but it's like a, like literally it's kind of a, mm, and I think we're all a little bit, uh. My first sermon on Easter Sunday, I remember getting up here and I preached on the cross the whole time. The blood of Jesus, like everything, it was was graphic. It was like the power of the cross. And then afterwards, I was like, I never talked about the resurrection. And it was Easter, Um, I remember another time in university. I used to speak to the group every Friday night and really inspire them to go out onto the. We used to do evangelism in the in the downtown east side every Friday night, um, and I would just share you know Bible study before we went out. And one time I got up and I I went to stand up and I always had notes prepared. I went to stand up and just went blank. So I, I looked at my notes and I'm like and all the words are all over the place, and I literally lost everything I had prepared. And I remember the Lord saying to me, that's what it's like to do it apart from me. And so I share that to say, like, it's not your talents, okay? It's not your ability, education. It's not whether you feel capable. Because if we're starting to say, am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Am I educated enough? Guess what that begins to do? You separate yourself from the vine. And you go, can I produce fruit on my own? No. It's impossible. So if you don't feel like you can do it, perfect, connect. If you don't feel like you're able, perfect, connect. If you don't feel like you you can pray eloquently, perfect, connect. And as you connect, the life of Jesus Christ flows through you. And I'll tell you, I was, still partially am, a terrible speaker. I don't like public speaking. I don't like public speaking. I'm nervous every time I get up here. But God asked me to, so I connect. And I say, God, what do you want me to say? Every week, this sermon is not gonna go over well. Um, I don't know, do I have enough alliteration, stories? And every, it's like, God's like, just connect. Joel, just connect to me. Just leave all that garbage aside. All of that is you trying to produce fruit disconnected from the vine. There's so much untapped potential. There's just, there's like, this is like an orchard of fruit. Don't let the fruit die on the vine. We came to the end of our growing season last year and I was in charge of one thing in the greenhouse, peppers. Peppers are my thing, hot peppers, sweet peppers, all peppers, I'm like Peter Piper, who picked a pack pickled peppers and the end of the season i was just so busy in the summer i had every intention of picking all those peppers i didn't pick all the peppers and then it froze and you know what happened when habanero peppers freeze adios habanero adios they're gone that's goodbye in spanish it's my second language my second language <laughs> a lot more where that came from don't worry <laughs> but the saddest thing is to come to the end of a growing season with good soil perfect temperature watered perfectly and to watch those peppers never get used for their purpose And it would be really sad for us to come to the end of our lives and realize we never allowed God to use us. God has a purpose for all of our lives, a plan for all of our lives. I know there are seasons, don't feel condemnation, don't feel anything negative like that on this. There are seasons where we're young parents, we're going through hardship, we're going through trauma, we need seasons off, we need Sabbath seasons. All of that is totally, I'm not, if you're in that season, stay in that season. Don't, don't, not under compulsion or condemnation. But for those of you who have the space and the time, and God is starting to tug at your heart right now, and He's showing you, uh, you know, this, you could serve there, you could help there, you could just connect to Him and leave the rest behind. If this isn't your home church, of course, I'm not telling you to serve here. <laughs> if you're just visiting, sign ups are in the back. But the best way to feel connected to a loving community is to serve within that community. Intimacy is best found in a life group, a discipleship class, young adults meeting, youth, rock, kids ministry, serving at the coffee bar, being a greeter, helping out in women's ministry or men's ministry, tech, worship, wherever. And as you connect to that community and go intimately deeper, you'll feel a part of it. You'll feel a part of it. I'm gonna pray for you and invite the worship team to come up and we're gonna sing a couple more songs together. Father, thank you that you have spoken to us today, Lord, about our connection. That when we are connected, our faith increases, Lord. The fruit in our lives increases, Lord. Freedom increases, Lord. And I pray even now, Lord, in response that as we worship, Lord, you would begin to speak. Speak about people's purpose, calling. Maybe it's through just an idea, a new thing to start, a new initiative, Lord. Maybe it's a way to reach the community, to serve the community. I pray for divine downloads of initiatives. I pray for others that are already feeling the sense that I need to be serving. God's been calling me for months to to serve and I'm gonna step out. I pray that you would give them a a faith to step out. Jesus, it is only through connection to you that we produce fruit. And as we connect now in worship to you, would your life flow, healing flow, deliverance flow, Abundant life flow into us so that when we reach out and touch the world, they will feel that same life. They will experience the life of Jesus flowing through us. In Jesus' name we pray.